0: Okay, looks like they have all exited the room. Now, for our speaking portion of our services, our first message will be brought to us by Mr. Doyle Carter and is entitled, Lack of Knowledge. Happy Sabbath, everyone. I was disappointed when I read the bulletin. It says there's no snacks in four days, nor coffee. Obviously joking. Actually, I'm looking forward to it because I can't believe, like I was telling one person I was sitting with, in four days is the day of atonement. And in a couple of, in like almost seven days, I'll be in Branson and observing the feast. I don't know where time goes. Really don't know sometimes. hate getting older. Time just starts flying. Today I'd like to discuss the knowledge of God and, and its, or in this case, the lack of it in the world. And we know that, and also, as far as part of that, I also like to discuss the solution the Bible provides for us. As a disclaimer, you know, as I said, lack of knowledge in the world. I'm not talking about individuals, because like Mark McGarvey. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. In my notes, it says Mark McGravy. I was going to pick on him if he was here, but I can't believe. It. I couldn't spell his name, and the computer adjusted it. But Mark was right. As individuals... We're like trumpets. We go out and we actually proclaim the truth of God in a dark world. But that's not what I'm approaching today. I'm approaching the world itself. Because when you, I want to start with two quotes. I just thought they were cool. One of them I can't pronounce the name, but you, I can t- give it to you later. One quote is, there are, there are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what is not true. The other is to refuse to believe what is true. And the other one was from, I'll slow down on that. And Benjamin Franklin made the comment, being ignorant is not as much a shame as being unwilling to learn. And I know some people like that. And I'm not putting them down. They just, for whatever reason, think they know it all. And when you come up and tell them, well, the Bible says, and they don't want to hear it, they just look at you like, well, that's done away with or who knows what. So I've had a friend say that once. I told him, well, in the Old Testament, it tells us to be responsible. The laws teach us that. And Jesus kind of, he said, well, yeah, 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 but the Old Testament's done away. We put our, society puts its spin on God's word, basically what I'm trying to say. And it, I notice, like you say, you'll talk about like mix of Old Testament and New Testament, and they'll say exactly what you said. It's done away. Oh, that's old. And we know institutions do that. We, we know our society recently is trying to get rid of religion in, in any Public, act, public access, like getting the Ten Commandments out of Oklahoma City, Capitol, and other places. We just want to remove God from our society, basically. And unfortunately, that's going to cause some unfortunate side effects we're not going to like as time goes. And then what's sad is, by ignoring what's in this book, the Bible, not the Bible itself, but what's inside, you miss a lot, like in history, We'll be doomed to repeat history, unfortunately, because if we ignore it or try to change it. I was talk, Again, I talked to the same person. We were trying to change history. One of the great, one of the courses on our, my thing I go into is now the new history of the South. And I don't want to hear what they have to say. I, I don't want to hear it. New history, what's wrong with the old history? It's just as true. But we're trying to change things. We shouldn't reject the past, including the Bible. We have a quote in Hosea four six. Now this was toward Israel, but it can not apply to any anyone else. And Hosea says in 4 verse 6, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge. I will reject I also will reject you from being priests for me, because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also have forgotten your children. There, let me do that. There you go. So he warns Israel at that time that since they've decided that "Eh, we reject your knowledge, he will forget them. And the sad part, they'll also forget their children. I didn't catch that until this morning. But it wasn't so. You know, this is a prophecy for later on in time. This was not so. And I'm just Today was just going to go into a little bit of brief history of how God tried to sit here and get the truth into the world. And like again, how the solution will be. We know that when like when I said not so, because we see in Deuteronomy 20, verses 1 through 2, when God is talking to Israel, when they just started as a nation or beginning as a nation. Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon, upon you and take over, overtake you and be because you have obeyed. So he said, okay, if you just obey what I've told you, what I liked was that you will be high above all nations of the earth. So all they had to do was just obey what was told to them. You know, you just, you know, the Ten Commandments, you do not murder, you don't move your landmarks, live as a civilized nation. Unfortunately, Moses kind of knew this may not happen, because and I'm not going to, this is, it's scripture I didn't give Brian because I wasn't going to, because Reggie's already read it a couple of weeks ago. It's in, Deut- just for your references, for notes. It's Deuteronomy 31, 24 through 29. And it talks about how, it's like in verse 27, for I know you, you're, you're rebellious and stiff-necked. If today while, you, let's see, what do I want to cover here? And t- He tells them that they're stiff-necked and rebellious. And then Moses makes a comment, for I, am, I, for I know that after my death, Moses of course, you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the ways which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the works of your hands. That was going to go through history. Okay, so, we just, we, so they go into the promised land. We know that part. And I'm not going to, if we went through the history all the way through, we'd be here for hours. So we'll just give you a, what do they call it, cliff notes today? Judges. We see that God just is their king. They have no physical king, and they're just told, live the way I tell you to live. And come to me and do the things I tell you to do. Okay, so one generation does fine. Okay, yeah, okay does fair. But then suddenly they don't, and they get punished by the locals, like the Philistines or whoever. And then God has, they go crying to him. Okay, we'll come back. We need someone to help us. So they send judges like Samuel and Gideon and others. And it, this is almost like, a, like what you would see in the way they describe light. You'd have a high point. That generation now, okay, we're back to the high point. And then the next generation goes back to the low. Oh, goodness, we got the Canaanites bugging us. And then it'd go back up. And it just keeps going. They're never constant. They're never constant. Then finally, they decide, well, I guess we do need a king. Maybe that will be better. Samuel, Samuel's not very thrilled with that, but they get a king. And they get two pretty good kings. David, bloody man, but you know what? He followed God, and he was a, he was a great example. Yeah, I forgot the first one intentionally. I, I'll stick with the Saul. Saul was kind of a disappointment. But they got da- David, and David followed God. He did what he was supposed to. He was a man after a God's own heart then he, he begots Solomon Solomon comes in and actually he does almost what God wanted I mean he when he becomes king he comes up and says, "I can't rule these people I don't have enough knowledge and would you guide me? give me the wisdom and God comes up and says that's the answer I wanted to hear. you wanted knowledge and because you're getting this you're going to get all get wealth and everything else then we follow after when Solomon does fair, except for near the end, where he kind of doesn't quite do so great. So God decides to divide the kingdom. So a lot of people don't understand. That's another bit of knowledge. Everybody I, or a lot of people I know think the Jewish people were called the kingdom of Israel when they're not. It was the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. So God causes a division. Okay, we got Rehoboam for, for Judah. You got Jeroboam for Israel. And Jeroboam is told, hey, if you would just obey my voice and do what I say, you'll be like, like David. You'll actually have an everlasting, you know, rule and things like that. And, but here's this was something I thought was interesting, and this is one of the worst things he could have done to the country. 1 Kings 12 25. 1 Kings 12 25. Jeroboam Says in his heart. Okay, so now he's got his kingdom. He's got that kingdom, okay? God peacefully ended it because I think Rehoboam was going to go up there and try to, you know, go up there and take it over again. And and a prophet comes down and says, whoa, 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 whoa. I divided the kingdom. Deal with it. Everybody go back home. And they did. First time they listened to God, it seemed like. When somebody comes up and actually tells them, don't fight. And they went, okay. But Jeroboam says in his heart, He thinks about it. Now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of his people, this people, will turn back to their Lord, Rehoboam, the king of Judah. And they they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So he thought... He didn't quite have the faith that he was supposed to have, apparently. So here's what he decided to do. Okay, you would think, think okay, he's rationalizing this. I need to save my kingdom. Why? I don't know. God says he'll be just fine. But he said, therefore the king advised he made two golden calves, or two calves of gold, and, sh- and say to the people, and here's what he said to them, It is too much for you to go to Jerusalem. Here are your gods. I almost can't say that. Here's your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. And he set up one in Bethel and one in Dan. Now, this thing became a sin for the people when when went to worship before him and so forth. Basically, he changed the worship of God. And we even read in verse thirty two, and he ordained a festival at the fifteenth day of the eighth month, not the seventh. So he's pushed the holy days one more or their holy days one more month. It's fatal because I was remembering Ron Dart. One of the problems with worshiping God and not doing what he says is he made a point when he read this in one of his I think it was in the Kings. He said, What Jeroboam essentially did was close the door to Israel. You can't go back to God if you ain't are not obeying God. The bottom line of all this is, from my understanding, Israel at the time when they were first conceived and was going to become a nation was going to be obey obey God and was going to sit here and be a light to the world. They were supposed to obey it. They were supposed to have the blessings, and they're the nations were going to look upon them and say, "Wow, look at that! They have." All the crops they need, they've got peace, they got everything. They blew it. Through disobedience. Then we know something else. Okay, so darkness is out in the world still. We have something that we, we definitely honor. We have the Son of God decides to come down. Actually, this is going to be a history. And then John records what he records this John 1. In John 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning of the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus came as a light to the world to reveal God. Because, I mean, if you look at the ancient world, just to go back a little bit, you know, they never really knew God anyway. I mean, you look at, like, uh, okay, let's see. There's a show I kind of like, but I, did, I got tired of its little uh, religious overtones. It talks about Confucianism, where people get reincarnated, and we go through journey life to get better. And, and that's not what the Bible tells us. In John 1.10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as, but as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name who who was born not of blood, not not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, Jesus Christ, and dwelled among us. In his, And behold his glory, the glory of all, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So where Israel failed, Christ came to try. Okay, perfect. He came, he became, as he said himself. As he said himself in John fourteen six, I am the tr- way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except through me. But like he said, like it said, they killed him. He goes to the Jewish people and he goes, "Hey, I can show you a better way." And he goes out healing and goes out doing all this wonderful stuff, and they reject him. And we know that those who follow him will be hated for it says in John 15 18 through 19 if the world hates you you know that it hates me because or before it hates you Sorry, let me read that again if the world hates you you know that it hated me before it hated you if you, if you were of the world the world would love if it's, love its own yet because you are not of this world But I have chosen you out of this world, therefore the world hates you. Why? Because we reflect that light. We show the world where it's wrong. When we're like that witness, we go out and say, well, you know, uh, let's see, one of the conversations we were having, it was a certain lifestyle I remember this morning we were talking about, and they show it a lot. And if we come up and tell them, hey, that's not biblical, that's not whatever, they get mad. They don't tolerate us. They just get mad, or at least some people do. And it's not just that. It, it, there's just a lot of stuff. Lying is taken okay, and you, know, you can do little white lies. You know, things like that in the world. The world allows that. We see that was a problem. With, it, Timothy's also warned about this as well. You know, the church, here we go. So Christ is dead, we, dies, and is resurrected. And here comes, you know, Paul does his thing. And in, in one of the latter, latter letters that he write, that Paul writes to Timothy, apparently the problem is still there. And this is in the church. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convent, convince, convince, rebuke, exhort with, with all long-suffering and teaching. For so the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires... Because they have itchy ears, they want to hear something new, they will heap upon themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears toward uh, turn their, I mean, they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So even the church, they didn't want to hear it, the world's influence. What's the cause? Well, sometimes it's us. We just don't want to hear it. I know people that, like you say, you tell them something, it's true. It doesn't matter if it's religious or not. They don't want to hear it. They just look at you like, whatever. Well, we haven't, but that's not the only player. The other player is, in Revela- is revealed to us in Revelation 12, 9. In Revelation 12, 9. So, the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels cast out with him. So, we go back. This is a quick review before I go into the solution. God sees the world. Since Adam and Eve, they just kind of go, okay, we don't want to hear it. So, he brings up a nation called Israel. They just fail. I'm sorry, they rebel against what's said. Then Christ comes. And even then, amongst the followers, you run into problems where they get itchy ears. So it didn't help. And then we've got an enemy that's really, really powerful called Satan, who helps us on that. But here's the solution. And this is what the holy days all talk about. So we live in a dark world where we know, like I say, you hit one thing i know you if you're not sure if it's dark just listen to kmrg in the morning how many times you've heard cars getting stolen how many times you hear somebody go out and pardon the expression shoot someone or take someone out or uh, one was talking about a i think somebody in a wheelchair who was actually robbed i mean i'm like no heart you don't even that's not acceptable but here's the good news Okay, so the world's, we, other than, like I said, Mark McGarvey's sermon about how we're the light, the world still rejects it, but it won't be able to reject it very long. This is the point of what I've got to say today. In one day in the future, it will not be able to. And this is what the holy days all represent, or at least my understanding. Someday, there will be a kingdom of God with Jesus Christ as king. And at that time, the entire world will be, whether they like it or not, may be forced Whatever, we'll know the truth. We read this in Isaiah 2, 1 through 3. So where they ignore it now, and they don't want to hear us, and sometimes they even take us off radio. I know Ron Dart even mentioned something about he actually had mentioned a topic on one of the Chicago stations, and it irritated one of the people who ran it, removed his his show. That won't be the case. In Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 3. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. That the mountain of the Lord's house. Shall be established on the top of the mountains. And shall be exalted above the hills. And all, all nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say. Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. There will be no stifling the truth. There will be no stifling it at all. God one day will make it where it will happen. They'll even come to Jerusalem themselves. Of course, there will be incentives, I'm sure. I didn't get Zechariah 14, but it says if they didn't keep the, whole, the Feast of Tabernacles, he kind of decides, well, you don't need rain. <laughs> I think that's a motivation. Yeah, you don't need rain. Your nation don't need rain. Don't worry about it. It says in Isaiah 11, 9, there will, and I'm kind of breaking into the thought, so it, I'm more worried about the latter part. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. It talks about the animals and so forth. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters that cover the sea. In conclusion, what I'm showing today is this. The world in general, not individuals. We can see through the Bible individually various individuals like David. You know, he accepted God. He followed God and various individuals throughout the Bible. But the world itself has rejected God. Period. Period and his ways. I mean, there's false ways it goes. Like I said, I, I've studied the Asian religion. I get tired of it and quit. You know, foolishness is foolishness. But it kind of sometimes has a little bit of truth, grain of truth, but then s- surrounds it with non this fables. I like the way the Bible put it, fables. All fables have followed. And they reject it. You go off to them, they think you're just talking nonsense. Israel was sent out as an example said in Deuteronomy it's supposed to be an example hey if you obey I'll bless you in all these things your nation will be great they'll look upon you and they'll say what kind of God is this I couldn't find that scripture I was actually looking for that one what kind of God you serve that blesses you so much but could not I couldn't find the scripture I was actually looking so hard so if someone knows it, they can show it to me later they fail. then Jesus decides to come on down and unfortunately the Jewish people kill him It wasn't a complete failure in that case. Like I said, people went out. All of a sudden, now you have disciples, and they're going all over. But the world in general doesn't want to hear it. They still get persecuted in China. Even if it's not exactly the truth, Christians are executed in China and other places of the world. But there'll be a day when God will just take over the world. That's it. We're done. We're done with this game. And out of Jerusalem shall come forth the law, the truth. And they will go and learn... Like Matt said last week, I do listen to sermons, believe it or not. He talked about how kingship—we don't, I don't relate. I'm sure Mark out there does. When a king makes an order, you don't just go, huh, eh, whatever. You actually go out and do what he says, or else there's consequences. And this is what I like about the holy days—they actually portray that. The trumpet, the feast of the feast of trumpets, the coming of the kingdom, Day of Atonement when the community gets forgiven. And then the Feast of Tabernacles, which we'll be at in about a week and two days, give or take. And then, yes, I'm excited as can be. Portrays at least a, a, the kingdom of God. Us rehearsing for it. So, I want you to look for, keep preaching the word, of course. And go out. Be a light to the world. But realize the world will reject you, unfortunately. Not everybody. Not everybody. Because I have someone who might be interested in coming to church one day. I think, Yeah. But, but the world itself is rejecting the truth. But just remember, don't get discouraged. There'll be a day when God will set up His kingdom, and there will not be any rejection of that Rebu- rejection or ignorance. He'll it'll be like the knowledge of the Lord will be like water over the uh, in the sea. I wish everybody a wonderful Day of Atonement, and uh, even though we're not having a potluck or coffee or anything, and I would like. I wish everybody a safe trip to uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, and I'll see everybody back in a couple of weeks.